You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, guys. I uh, hope everybody's holiday was good, and I hope you ate correctly, and plenty of it, and got to enjoy the you know time with family, friends, whether it's Passover, Easter. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Uh, look, we got an NFL draft here in less than five days. So we're going to continue to cover the living daylights out of that. Um, for the last three Monday episodes, we've put you out the final mock draft. We started uh, you know, two weeks ago, obviously. Started at pick one, uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, San Francisco, Nick Bosa. Good Josh Allen to the New York Jets. Quinn and Williams, Oakland Raiders. Devin White to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rashawn Gary to the New York Giants, which seems to be picking up a little steam. Brian Burns to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ed Oliver to nine to the Detroit Lions. I'm sorry, eight. The Buffalo Bills with Andre Dillard solving the to preserve their Ronnie Brown quarterback. Denver Drew Locke at ten overall. Episode two. Cincinnati Bengals Devin Bush. The Green Bay Packers T.J. Hawkinson. The Miami Dolphins. Montez Sweat, uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, Christian Wilkins, D- Dwayne Haskins to the Washington Redskins, Carolina, um, Juwan Taylor, Offensive Tackle, University of Florida, Daniel Jones to the New York Giants at 17 overall, uh, Garrett Bradbury to the Minnesota Vikings at 18, the Tennessee Titans with the mean old cuss Chris Lindstrom, and the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20 overall with Cleveland Farrell joining here. For your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Pete Smith, as we're going to close out the last 12 picks of this first round here. Uh, you know, obviously getting you know, get some thoughts here on this, you know, in each pick and how it's, you know, basically, you know, going to fit and work. But uh, I guess with that, Pete, I guess we can hit the ground running here, and that brings us up at 21, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, obviously new quarterback in tow. I'm sorry, not new quarterback in tow, a very, very, very happy and satisfied rich quarterback in Russell Wilson, but uh, still a lot to be done in this one, guys. Keep your ears on because obviously the Seattle Seahawks are on the Cleveland Browns schedule this year. Right, so they, uh, I think it's the same as the uh, first time we did this. I gave them Jonah Williams uh, from Alabama. They need basically just offensive line help in general uh you know theoretically he could come in and play right tackle for them but more likely he ends up at one of those guard spots uh they just need to invest in protecting uh russell wilson better that's always uh a more he's he's got more on his plate than he should and you know there are a lot of people who love Williams, so maybe he's uh, a, a big time pickup here. Uh, but either way, he should be an asset. Uh, I mean, look, once you pour this much money into the quarterback position and a Russell Wilson, uh, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Get him another toy? Yeah, but I don't know if you're the you know uh, the bang for the buck is going to meet it here on 21. And obviously, they still have a huge pension for the run game, which Jonah Williams, not too bad there. And obviously, you know, Pete and I, we've gone over this a million times. We believe he's going to end up turning into an interior player. But Jonah Williams, 21 to the Seattle Seahawks. That brings on 22, our good friends down in Baltimore. Uh, Pete, I, I don't know if there's a tight end available here that fits him. But uh, Ravens up at 22. Uh, there is a tight end that fits him, but I did give them Eric McCoy, the center out of Texas A&M. Um, they, you know, they have some, obviously, some decent investments up front. Ronnie Stanley, uh, Marshall Yonge is a good player, but... Their center position right now is Matt Skura, Alex Lewis, Bradley Bozeman. None of those guys 
are a real answer. And if they're going to do this, you know, chicken wing offense with, you know, running the shit out of the ball against everybody, uh, they may want to get a better uh, guy up front running things. Uh, and, you know, whatever you want to say about uh, a guy like McCoy, he has played virtually every big name player in the league, uh, you know, in, in college football that's going to be in the draft. He, he played against uh, against Alabama and Quinn Williams. He played against Dexter Lawrence. He played against, you know, a lot of upper echelon talent uh, that's going to be in the NFL. Uh, so they have sort of seen him tested uh, so they can get a, get a another hopefully impact offensive lineman uh, that gets him a little bit sturdier up front, hopefully helps him run the ball. And, you know, if they decide they ever want to throw it, he can pass protect. Yeah, so, I mean, you should see about eight to nine reps a game doing that. Um, if they're going to continue to uh, with this huge focus on the run game that they have, uh, obviously, guys, we, we've talked about this at Nosey, and we, have, we don't think it's sustainable. It's not a good idea, You and you have a quarterback who's a little bit on the lighter side. And with anybody, you know, Cam Newton, as big as he is, the more you run, the more you get hit, the more time you end up missing. Um, probably uh, wide receiver should be the issue here, or, I mean, or what needs to be addressed here. I still believe, is, is it still Willie Sneed, Pete? Is that still wide receiver one down there in Baltimore? Sounds right. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, good luck with your development with that. 23, Houston Texans. Uh, obviously, as we saw last year, um, Deshaun Watson, unless they do something, and they did make, an, they did make a signing, uh, I don't think it's going to improve much and nothing. But Houston Texans, Pete, uh, you know, maybe defense, you know, you could use a piece on defense, but there is a glaring, glaring hole on this franchise. Right. Uh, you know, they they should be in the market for, you know, multiple offensive linemen. Uh, they go ahead and grab Cody Ford from Oklahoma. He could be the left tackle. He could be, you know, a strong guard, uh, one of those spots. But, you know, they, they get an experienced player uh, that – you know, some people are really high on a uh, really athletic player that can hopefully upgrade their pass protection in particular, maybe give them a little bit more uh, help on the ground. But they, they, you know, they cannot keep getting killed. And he does enough of, does enough of himself in terms of getting himself hit uh, that it's going to, you know, result in another significant injury and get him knocked out. So they've got to do everything they can to sort of protect him from himself. And Cody Ford should help them do that. There's no other way to go for the Houston Texans. Uh, I mean, you saw it last year. Uh, you know, even a game that you know, obviously they won pretty handily against the Cleveland Browns. He was rushed to rest all day, and I do agree with Pete. You know, a lot of it is his own fault of you know not just getting rid of the ball a number one, or you know b finding a way to get the hell out of the pocket. You stay in there forever. Uh, it's it's only going to lead to bad things. And obviously Deshaun, who's already had two ACLs on his resume. Uh, it's, I mean, if he's your investment. That's what you're trying to hope that everything's going to drive through the AFC South for you. With uh, you got to do everything you can to you know hedge that bet on that investment. Uh, Oakland Raiders obviously already drafted earlier in the draft. Um, they drafted fourth overall, Quinn and Williams, Oakland Raider. Obviously, two more selections here now in the 20s with 24 and with 27. Pete, uh, you know, we don't have much faith how it's going to turn out. Mike Mayak, we'll see how it goes from, you know, obviously the uh, bright lights and the uh, bright televisions of NFL, you know, network and handling everything over there where you kind of get to accentuate all the positives on a kid. Um, now you're going to have to do with drafting a kid and maybe dealing with the negatives of a kid. Um, but here we are, Oakland Raiders, uh, obviously uh, up twice here in this episode tonight, but uh, 24 overall for the Oakland Raiders is? Uh, so 
you know, so much of this is if the Raiders can let the draft sort of fall to them because they, they have so many holes, they should be in good shape. And in this case, they just let Noah Fant fall right in their lap and they go ahead and grab him. Um, the current tight ends on the Oakland Raiders are Lee Smith, Derek Carrier, Luke Wilson, Darren Waller, and Paul Butler. Um, they need another dude. They obviously had Jared Cook, who had a, a career year last year. As Browns uh, fans very well know. So, you know, it's possible that if they bring in a guy like Fant that could basically plug right into that hole and have, you know, hit the ground running a little bit. Uh, obviously, a really athletic player that can play in space. Um, they have, obviously, some receivers. They've obviously got Antonio Brown. They've obviously, you know, signed Tyrell Williams. Uh, you know, th- this could really give them a guy that can sort of open up the middle of the field and, and take advantage of those opportunities and, and maybe give them a little bit of a uh, passing dynamic that's, you know, pretty dangerous. Uh, so, again, it's just about, you know, the Raiders are just awful. And if they just let this thing sort of fall to them, they let Quentin Williams fall in their lap, best player in the draft. And in this case, they let Noah Fant fall into their lap. He's a really good player. Uh, and they come out looking brilliant when they didn't actually have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if this is, you know, uh, you're, I mean, you know, what's the need for the Oakland Raiders? Pretty much everything. So just take it straight BPA. I think they have, what, I believe it's four of the top 35. Just let it keep falling to you and keep scratching off those, you know, best player available. And you're going to walk out of here, according to your board, with four of the top 35. It's uh, probably a sound way to hit the ground running for a new GM. And obviously John Gruden's got got to do something there because, uh, you know, even the fact that Chucky's back with a nine-year Nine year, nine years remaining on the deal. I don't think anybody's going to be too thrilled if it doesn't uh, start translating into some success somehow, some way soon. The Philadelphia Eagles, Pete. Now uh, we've talked about them many a times. Obviously, you know, brought in Jordan Howard, made a bunch of moves. Um, they do nothing but find a way to basically, you know, it t- turn something that seems minor, but for them it always seems to turn out major because they are able to manipulate everything that where, whether it's cap-wise or things of that nature, everything always kind of end up smelling roses for them. you got to continue here with this Carson Wentz window before he starts, you know, obviously you get time to contract extension for him. 25, the Philadelphia Eagles, Pete. Yeah, so the two big glaring needs for the Philadelphia Eagles are running back and uh, linebacker. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard obviously makes it so they don't shouldn't feel the need to sort of press the issue early with line, with uh, running back and linebackers. Just a case of they just aren't there. Uh, unless you're a guy who loves Mac Wilson, I don't. Uh, but instead, they go ahead and grab uh, Nasser Adderley from uh, Delaware, uh, and you know he just seems like the type of player the Eagles like. Uh, very physical type player. Rodney McLeod, uh, you know, was obviously a, a big deal a couple of years ago for them. Had a really great year. They signed him to a big contract, but they ne- renegotiated it. So I think he's potentially gone after this year. And Nasir Adderley could step in and take that job over uh, while giving them a really, really good nickel player uh, right now. Uh, they've got a lot of options in how they want to play coverage, but I think Nasir Adderley, along with Malcolm Jenkins, along with, you know, uh, Ronald Darby gives them a lot of really nice options in that that back end, uh, and and this draft is deep enough at linebacker that they can hopefully get help later. But it's just it'd be a substantial reach at this point. So they go ahead and get a player that's can can impact now, but down the road is going to probably take over that job uh, whole whole hog. 
Uh, well, things like, you know, Philadelphia Eagles, you, you don't get this good and you don't stay this relevant for this long of a window here like they have currently without by making bad decisions. So, you know, don't go chasing what isn't there. Take another quality player of impact. Obviously, they're going to know this here Adderley very well. Obviously, out of Delaware, not too far away. Um, familiarity, uh, obviously, you know, Adderley went down, senior bowl, turned his eyes, showed everybody that, you know, even though the D on the helmet was for Delaware, um, still worthy and of a close to a you know, first round selection. So go ahead, hammer out another need here. You know, look, uh, you're going to have to, you know, obviously, you know, with Dallas improving, um, Washington's obviously going to have a couple moves up their sleeve, you know, never, a, never a bad idea to continue to strengthen the secondary, which at times injury wise was a big issue for them. Uh, remember everyone to get the show every day, subscribe to locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Browns. So, Pete, this gets us now, I mean, <clears throat> this is kind of going to kind of be the team that's going to be talked about here for the next couple of years. You know, uh, obviously the Colts already made a little bit of a playoff run, made some noise last year. Uh, you went out and you got Justin Houston. They, they were able to put together a strong offseason at this point. A lot of draft capital. Uh, you finally got Andrew Luck back and healthy. Uh, Eric Ebron and Andrew, I mean, turned into a damn star with Andrew Luck. Um, lots of way to lots of ways to approach this. Um, you know, I, you know, offensively, sure could use a little bit more. Defensively, I, I think they got some guys who maybe played over their head last year. But twenty six, Pete, the Indianapolis Colts. Right. So they they could use a couple things. They could use another corner. Uh, they could use a defensive tackle. Uh, and they can use more offensive weapons. Originally, I messed around with this and, and gave them Jerry Tillery, but I just don't think Chris Ballard is willing to go that route as much as I think that would be a really good fit for what they want to do. Uh, so I actually gave them, and I expect they're going to take a corner. I just think they're going to take a corner with that early second-round pick. So I actually gave them A.J. Brown, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, uh, T.Y. Hilton, obviously, and Devin Funches, who's really there probably for just the one year. Uh, but the, A.J. Brown comes in, and he becomes a power slot. Uh, they've obviously got Eric Ebron and, and Jack Doyle, but he just another player with size, strength. I, I think he's a really good player that can come in and potentially evolve into that boundary-type guy. But at the very least, he's going to be a very good uh, slot player. Uh, that can continue to allow them to move the ball down the field and hopefully create more opportunity, even more opportunities for T.Y. Hilton to sort of uh, just be a nightmare. Uh, look, I mean, it, it, at this point, you know, I mean, it, they they have enough draft capital where they still can address their defensive needs. Uh, you know, hopefully Justin Houston will, you know, come in and, you know, be the pass rusher that they needed to add here. Uh, hopefully he can get another, in his second year, Kamoko uh, Ture to, you know, take that next step, give you some help there. Uh, you know, obviously they, they killed the draft last year, whether it was Quincy, Quincy Nelson or whether it was Leonard at, uh, you know, linebacker who was just an absolute animal and, you know, obviously missed a little bit of time, but still an absolute just beast last year in his rookie year. Um, just goes to show you guys, it doesn't matter what school you go to. If you can play, if you can play. Um, we'll double back right here, Pete. Uh, Oakland Raiders pick 27. Obviously, to this point, Quinn and Williams in hand. Noah Fant in hand. Do they keep going the, hey, what's there? Just let's, let's start picking off BPAs. They do. Uh, and in this case, they, grab, they go ahead and grab Greedy Williams uh, from LSU. They need corner help badly. I think this case it comes down to if they – Realize what's going on on the board. They they can be patient and take Fant and let the board come to them and take Greedy Williams. I think 
they might be more inclined to grab the corner earlier. But if if that happens, you know, I think Fant goes before they pick again. Greedy Williams um, certainly is going to be attractive to them because he's at 4-3 speed. Uh, along with that size, you know, can can play across a guy like Darian Conley, obviously. Uh, but they need secondary help badly. Uh, they've got like Nick Nelson uh, and, and some other guys who are there that aren't really an answer. And this could potentially, uh, if he can, you know, be consistent and uh, grow grow into the role a little bit, he can be a really nice long corner with with speed out there. Uh, in a division with obviously you're looking at the Chiefs uh, twice a year, you're still looking at Philip Rivers twice a year. You've got to be able to try to slow down uh, opposing offenses and and potentially uh, if you know if he if he can figure things out, Greedy Williams could be a really really nice pick for them. Uh, well, the thing also here though is you know I'm just going by you know mocks I've seen in the last few days, uh, names I name uh, places I see Greedy Williams going to. The Chargers at 28, the Kansas City Chiefs at 29. So this might be one where you're, you know, helping yourself and also, you know, robbing from, you know, your opponents. Uh, you know, this is about, you know, the area where this the cornerback name is going to become really, really hot. Um, and, you know, for the Raiders, look, you do have an opportunity, uh, you know, to get yourself one at 35 if you want it that way. But if you have a sense that the run is going to start at a certain point, you usually want to be better off being the one that starts the run as opposed to the one that jumps in on the run, because then you're going to end up, you know, maybe getting a guy a little bit, you know, out of value maybe on your board. But you go ahead, you take Greedy Williams here. Uh, look, you know, a little bit of a weird process for him through the draft process. Um, but if there's one thing and there's one team that doesn't get scared away by anything weird, it would be the Oakland Raiders. So there's your selection at 27. Greedy Williams goes from Baton Rouge and out to the Bay Area before heading out to Vegas, which will bring us beat to the Los Angeles Chargers at pick 28. Uh, so the big thing I see with the Chargers is their nose tackle, Brandon Meebane, is 34 years old, and their backup is T.Y. McGill, who Browns fans may remember. Um, they are going to want to make sure that, that that keeps rolling, and I think they could be a candidate to go ahead and grab Dexter Lawrence uh, for here. Um, yeah, obviously the production is a major concern. Uh, the fact that he ran 140 and did nothing else is a concern. But there are teams that you know are going to fall in love with his physical ability. He's 340 40 pounds and he can move really well. Uh, it's a, now you're going to have to get the rest of it out of him. But you've got you know Joey Bosom, you've got Mel- Melvin Ingram, you've got other guys on that front, and Dexter Lawrence can hopefully, for their sake, protect the linebackers and safety and allow those guys to do what they need to do while uh, causing havoc that can hopefully allow those guys to dominate, which is, you know, if you believe in him, it believes you believe in what that is what he was doing at Clemson for guys like Leland Farrell and Christian Wilkins and those guys. Uh, and look, I mean, you know, obviously you're going to have to take into account what happened to him, obviously, you know, uh, as far as in the playoffs. Uh, you know, so that's something you think about, uh, you know, didn't work really Pete at all during the draft process as uh we were joking around a little bit some today uh this morning on Twitter um but you know obviously to man the middle or whatever he should be a guy that should be able to fit that mold uh we come up to pick 29 here Pete the Kansas City Chiefs um obviously there's several ways to look at this I mean you know uh, are you having are you in a serious issue 
with Tyreek Hill and the obviously the incidents and surrounding him, uh, you do need some defense here. You had uh, your top two pass rushers walk out. Uh, you lost probably maybe your top corner. You lost Eric Murray. There, there's needs everywhere on this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Is there anything that's gonna that's happened offensively that's going to maybe take a bigger need over that those defensive holes? No, and this pick is interesting, and I and I actually feel pretty good about it. Uh, here's what I'm looking at, which is there. You know, they are shifting from that three-four scheme to a four-three scheme, um, which is part of the reason they moved on from D Ford uh, and those guys. And right now, their right defensive end group is guys like Breland Speaks. Tano Passanio, who barely played at the end of last year, not a great situation. So if they want some power at the point of attack, uh, you know, the guy that would make a lot of sense for what they, they seem to want to do is Zach Allen from Boston College um, to give them the credibility of being able to play the run like that, but give them another active pass rusher with really good hands that can play up across from uh, Alex Okafer and those guys, uh, and they've got Chris Jones in the middle. They a big part of what the the Chiefs have run into is just not being able to sort of sustain at the point of attack. And I think he is a guy that can really, really help with that. We've actually, you know, we've talked about him, you know, a, a lot. Uh, you know, I, I would say more of, you know, the down in day out guy who's just going to give you the constant effort the the great a work ethic the great technique um obviously was not one that was just going to wow you with athleticism but safe solid selection here um and y- you've got to address you can't let your two top pass rushers walk out the door and move on from them obviously you know, they got something for d forward but you can't let these guys like that move on and just think it's something you can't you can address later on in the draft. You, you, I, obviously, even with the system switch where you're going 2-4-3, you've got to be able to get after quarterback, and especially when you are facing, you know, you're facing, uh, obviously you're facing Rivers, um, and you're going to have to get through the likes of Baker Mayfield, uh, he, you know, possibly Houston, the Patriots, Indianapolis. You're going to have to rush the quarterback. If you give these guys too much time, you are just going to be, you know, it's going to be a dead man, dead man in the water. There's just no way, other way around it, which brings us to... The Green Bay Packers, Pete. Uh, we actually talked about this a little last night. I don't know if that was post-recording. Um, you know, you got to think here. You're doing everything you possibly can to keep Aaron Rodgers a happy man. Uh, it's not like he's going anywhere, um, obviously. But the uh, obviously the relationship with him and McCarthy soured greatly. Look, Aaron probably you know probably even to his own credit probably would admit he's not the easiest guy in the world to play with. But you've got to do more here. And you know, the Green Bay Packers, they are not a you know, obviously this isn't their selection. This is obviously one that came over, but their first selection was at 12 overall of TJ Hawkinson. And this is a team that's not accustomed to be drafting that low in the draft. Obviously this move worked out for them because, you know, maybe took a step back, but now you get a chance to add it in hopefully another playmaker, uh, Green Bay Packers at 30 Pete. Right. So looking at the Green Bay Packers, obviously this took uh, TJ Hawkinson earlier. And, but if you look at the receivers right now, they have a bunch of big targets that aren't particularly fast. So, you know, Marquise Brown is sitting there and could give them a guy that gives them the ability to take the top off. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has an incredibly long, strong arm. They can, you know, use those big bodies to sort of uh, take a lot of the attention away from him and allow him to just go deep down the field and vice versa. So he makes a lot of sense for what they want to do. And if he's healthy and they're happy with what his foot 
uh, situation is that it's a perfect matchup for for the Packers and, and Marquise Brown in terms of what each side needs to, needs and what they do well. And look, I mean, you 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 know, uh, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, fantastic player, great route runner, you know, good in his role. Um, but he's you know. You're not. People aren't going to put him with the top five receivers in the league, but he does put up solid production. But he's still going to need some help. Uh, like you said, the other guys, whether it's you know uh, Allison Scantling or uh, Equinemius St. Brown, you know, the, you know, you're going to want to keep this where hopefully everybody at least is going to be, you know remain single covered. Um, obviously, some of those taller threats you're going to maybe have to shade some help to, which leads to the possibility you could get Hollywood Brown here loose. Uh, you know, with a lot of one-on-ones, uh, you know, there's been talk they want to get Aaron Jones, the running back, more involved in the passing game. Just continue to flood Aaron Rodgers with weapons. Hopefully, they will run the correct routes, um, or at least the ones they were coached to, so everybody's on the same page. But Hollywood Brown, and you know, there's a lot of talk that maybe there's only one to two wide receivers going this first round. And here's our first one here with Hollywood Brown going to the Green Bay Packers at 30 overall. It brings us to the Los Angeles Rams, Pete, picking 31, obviously inches short. Um, so, and we will have the Rams on the clock at 31. Right. So obviously they they lost or, or you know are losing. He hasn't signed yet. Uh, and Dominican Sue, they are in a position where you know there's a lot of questions with them as to you know how they're going to come out of the gate. But they are a team that at least theoretically should be able to make the playoffs again. And they don't necessarily need a guy to come in and be an immediate impact player, but you know, if they can get a guy and get rolling and potentially, you know, in the playoffs if, or whatever down the end of the season, if they're happy with where he's at, make a lot of sense. So they go ahead and draft Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Um, they have a situation where they can be patient with him and potentially reap the benefits. They've got Aaron Donald, so it makes a lot of sense for them to try to recapture that magic they had last, you know, that last last year with uh you know hopefully a you know with jeffrey simmons a fresher more hungry player that's uh early in his career and able to really give you know the full effort that uh that sue did not always provide so you know if if he's right and the knee is right and they're comfortable with everything else jeffrey simmons next to aaron donald could be a huge tandem yeah, that's. I mean, it's pretty terrifying. It's pretty frightening, and you know that would be just good enough. Where you know, eventually, you know, all the money spent here is going to be something that they're going to have to address somehow, some way. Um, but if you you know end up losing some pieces on defense, and but you can you know keep that core of Donald and Jeffrey Simmons, uh, that's it's just downright and just damn scary at this point. Uh, come to the Super Bowl champions, uh, the New England Patriots. Obviously, you know Gronk is been moved on from obviously you lost your left tackle obviously you lost your top top defensive end um but if there's anybody who knows how to fill a hole and find a you know it just basically make it work in whatever he kind of touches if for it's got to be damn near 25 years now i mean well i'm sorry 20 years now everything just seems to land you know basically heads up for bill belichick the super bowl winning patriots pete at 32 overall right so their standard move here would be trade out uh but given the fact that you know, we're not doing that. Um, Smith is a really popular pick here. I would assume the Patriots are smarter than that because Irv Smith isn't good. Um, but what they could use is more secondary help. Um, right now they are rolling with uh, Stephon Gilmore, who's an absolute stud. On the other side, they've got Jason McCourty, who's more of a role player than a true starter. So 
with that in mind, they go ahead and grab Byron Murphy, corner out of Washington. He could be, you know, a nickel guy that evolves into a, you know, the starter opposite Gilmore. But they love guys who have, you know, exceptional feet and agility. And there are a couple guys that stand out from that standpoint. David Long from Michigan, obviously, is sort of a freak in that regard. But Byron Murphy, you know, on tape and in terms of where he tested in terms of his agility and, you know, his quick feet and in technique and all that stuff, like he's exactly the type of guy they like. He's obviously very smart. He's played a lot of different coverages. He could be a guy that comes in and, you know, becomes a really early playmaker for them, uh, hits the ground running, and, and it seems like a perfect fit for both sides. Uh, in, look, uh, you bring in, and this is the advantage they have. Anyone that, where they drafted, where they do, you don't have to put too much. Obviously, you know, coming to the Patriots and the way they do business, it's it, it's you know, there's an adjustment period. Um, they're always well equipped to handle it that way. Um, to get to have the McCordy boys to lean on you and groom you, uh, it's it's a good selection. You know, Byron Murphy. You know, the we somebody we had touched on. Thing was just going to be maybe size. This is when the Browns obviously still held 17 guys. Um, you know, did you want you know two smallish corners in him and in Denzel Ward? Um, the talents there. Uh, you know, other than the 40, which is you know one thing that maybe turns some people off. But Byron Murphy. At 32 to the New England Patriots, you ha- you're more than okay with that, and it is solid selection for a team that just knows no other ways to uh, do business than to just you know find things and just absolutely find a way and turn it into and make it work. Pete, so we will do this uh, in this scenario. Obviously, there would be 17 more names. Where what would look good? Where you know where would be the names? Who would be the in what selection would you make at 49? Uh, I mean, perfect perfect world still, I think, Justin Lane. Um, I think, you know, based on where I was going, I think the culture, one of the big threats to sort of take him in the next round. But the, the guy that may make a ton of sense for them and they may want to grab first is Sean Bunting. Um, I actually considered him going in the first round, but they do have a pick right there, so he could make a lot of sense. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all the safeties that the Browns should be interested in are still there, whether it's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or uh, Juan Thornhill, I th- one of those guys. Um, that's uh, that that's 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 obviously a big area. The, the secondary and continuing that to be a strength is is big. So they've got to really address that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So obviously, guys, there's what has gone down um, for first uh, for the first picks. Now, uh, obviously, first round up to pick forty nine. So there you have it, guys. After, uh, you know, first round and Brown selection. Obviously, you know, a bunch of the names we discussed uh, in this scenario did end up being available around 49. These are games of names that we touched on a bunch. Obviously, you know, from where we are, though, there would still be 16 more names to go. The big concern would be making sure that the run on defensive backs doesn't get too out of hand as, you know, you get closer and closer to 49. Uh, guys, iTunes rating reviews, they always help the show. Uh, they're always appreciated, so drop a five-star, drop a written review, and uh, do me a favor, take care of that for me over there. Appreciate it. So, Pete, less than a week away, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about quarterbacks last night. Uh, here tonight, uh, uh, let's see, we had, what, two tight ends, one wide receiver, um, very, very light on the skill position here. Uh, 
you think that's going to stick to form that way? Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Hawkins and Fant going in the in the first round. Uh, you pretty confident in only one wide receiver, or what do you think? Does DK Metcalf? He's got to end up crashing that round one party now. I would think so, but it was really hard to place him. Uh, it's you know, there's just so much inconsistency. But look, when, when uh, we get to the draft, it always feels like. You know, everybody thinks you know it's going to go a certain way, and then and then what ends up happening? Uh, the NFL realizes there's a shortage of fat kids, and they grab all the really talented ones as soon as they can. Uh, you know, there are only you know it's that planet theory. There are only so many people walking the earth this size, this this gifted. So you know, they end up going much earlier, like receivers in particular. Uh, I, I think I don't know if this is like is you know to the level where it's the class where Deshaun Jackson was the first receiver taken and he was taken in the second round, but there are very few, if any, where you're sitting there going, I need to take this guy here because I won't be able to get something else later. So DK Metcalf's a great example. If you're thinking, oh, I can get Hakeem Butler later, I can get you know Miles Boykin later, I can get so-and-so big receiver Alex Wesley or somebody like that uh or you're like I, I I you know I love Marquise Brown but I can get you know uh what's his face from UMass uh later Andy, Andy Isabella I can get you know there are a bunch of speed guys I, I get we call Hardman later I can get you know there's a lot of burners from that standpoint so the the issue with receivers is one there are no such thing as bad classes, and two, that none of them are are special enough where you're sitting there going, I can't get one of those later. That's Like last year, DJ Moore was very special, and he still went 24th. Now, DK Metcalf is tantalizing enough where I could see somebody do somebody take him way earlier than perhaps they should based on what they think are, are traits that are really good. But, I mean, we've already been seeing this, and maybe, maybe it will change up when – we actually get out there, but the the talk is, you know, that there isn't a really a top 20 corner in this class. Uh, so that naturally sort of sorts itself out. And then the talk that, you know, again, sort of like receivers, I think the safeties are making themselves uh, some, a position that can be weighted a, l- a little bit, you know, the, the, potentially putting the Browns in a situation where they have sort of the pick of the litter type deal. Uh, Whereas so many of these teams have offensive line issues uh, or have them coming and they want to eliminate them before they become a problem. And, you know, there are not that many offensive linemen. Like you can't get an Andre Dillard. You can't get some of these other guys. You can't get uh, Garrett Bradbury. You can't get Chris Lindstrom any other time. Like those are legitimately special players. And the same thing with some of these defensive linemen, you know, you can try to tell me that there's, you know, Brian Burns in Max Crosby. I'm listening, but at Oliver, you know, you can try to sell me on Dog Bay, and I love him, but I would take Oliver. You know, Quinn Williams is fantastic. I mean, there are just – there is a shortage on very, very talented big people, and those tend to get to the front of the line quickly, and then they sort of – the rest gets sorted out later. Quarterbacks and big guys I think are going to rule – uh, round one of the draft, and maybe there's a couple surprises, but I think it really, really sets up well for the Browns. Oh yeah, no doubt. And uh, it, look, it's 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 weird because you know obviously every draft it always starts off. Everybody, what do they start talking about? The skill, the skill, the skill, the skill, the skill, the skill, the skill. Then you started getting through it, 
and you know you get things like DK Metcalf who's supposed to be this uber athlete and then you get a uh, big question obviously you know how fast can he get in and out of a route uh, obviously you know, the sinking of his hips how quickly can he do that and then you know, transfer back to his you know optimal speed which we know he can reach um, so you end up with you know I think the skill is the toughest one because once you start putting the numbers to it and the science to it and you know those are the ones that end up getting picked apart you know probably the most or you know probably have it the the most to lose through the draft process and you know like you said with the bigger guys look you know you, there's only so many six foot five 310 pound humans who can run a 40 yard dash in five seconds or less and you know they're vital and they're needed and even if they aren't going to start right away you either have a hole coming similar to Austin Corbett in the Browns last year or you just want the insurance so uh you know there's it's it's just completely a safe bet and there's no way to go about you know no way no wrong way to, to do it with that approach uh you know because the skill look i mean with here with only one wide receiver going we, we agree it's a deep class there's probably 20 names of value um it's just you know the you know if you if the run starts later and you know other needs are met and established first um plus with all the money you're putting into quarterbacks uh you know what are you trying to do you're trying to find the fastest biggest strongest guys to kill these quarterbacks you're also trying to find the best the fastest biggest strongest guys to protect these quarterbacks so you know it's you know it, it ends up looking you know it's not so much sexy and the highlights aren't so much fun for you know round one you see just a lot of interior player or whatever just think you know, a lot of bad bad college quarterbacks going down but uh, you know that's you know how you get through round one. You piece it together here, and obviously very heavy here on the interior play. Uh, not much in the way of questions here tonight. But uh, from Ben Latin, uh, I think there needs to be one pot a month that discusses whatever comes to mind. The ham bit was absolute gold. Uh, Pete and I do talk alike, guys, and we certainly know how to bust these other shops. There's no doubt about that. I, I think we could probably add a little more common to it. There's no way it's going to be politics, though, Pete. No way. We need a subscription fee for the pre the pre tape. Um, yeah, that's usually pretty good. Yes. But yeah, the, yeah. I mean, look, I'm looking out for Jeff's guests. They were served a a, a third string meat, um, and you know, I'm hoping they're happy with it. But certainly, you know, I, I assume that immediately when they see Pam pulled out, they're like, "What did? Maybe he doesn't like us at all. What did we do to deserve this?" There were other other great options. There were other, a lot of delicious animals, and yet he picked this salty uh, mess of a meat. I, I'm sure it was lovely, but you know, as I told him earlier, today, I like that he. I admire the fact he wants to set a handicap for himself and challenge himself. But you know, the guests shouldn't have to rely on 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 performing a miracle with with the pig there to uh, make things work. You should go with the the. <laughs> better choice of, of food and and you know like a nice roast beef would have been great uh and and you know then you perform miracles and they're like wow this is a great meat and look what he did with it as opposed to wow he pulled this out of the shitter uh and made this work <laughs> but yeah i mean it's that is largely uh i suppose that is largely what twitter ends up being and then uh some of the pre the pre-tape stuff uh when it's not you know you know, family or whatever, you know, shit sitting the fan from that standpoint. But yeah, I, I, I'm glad people enjoyed it. Uh, that's nice to know that uh, it's not, you know, strictly football. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just uh, sort of uh, getting into more of a, a, a dig- digressing uh, friendly atmosphere, I suppose. 
and I suppose that could work on some level. I'll give you guys a good one. Uh, I remember it was, my guess is it had to be the week leading up to the Raven game, because I know it was a couple days after Christmas. Uh, we had bought in the girls, uh, girls needed new desks, so, uh, you know, well, Santa got them. Yeah, fuck Santa. Santa doesn't do anything. Gets all the credit. So uh, we sat it down and recorded with Pete, and I'm like, yeah, let's let this one run a little long here, because my wife was putting together one of the desks, and I'll be honest, I didn't want to take part. And I believe Pete's lovely jab was, well, somebody's got to be the goddamn man of that house. So, you know, that was, you know, that's, that's yeah, maybe the uh, maybe the two to three minutes of the pre-show would certainly uh, be the one that could draw a uh, nice little nice little stipend on our part. Uh, yeah, but some of those have been been the better ones, and there's some that, thank God, were there was no recorder going whatsoever. Could have sank both our battleships, but whatever, whatever, whatever. We kid. Uh, guys, obviously a ton coming here this week, um, and like I told you, Thursday, we're going to try to get you, you know, two to three episodes, and we try to, you know, take it very similar take Thursday night the way we did these three shows where we can give you our analysis. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe you know, find some way to re- be recording, you know, from pick 25 on so that way if there is action and the Browns do jump into the first round, you can get live reaction from us. Um, but obviously, it, it's for us, it's it, it's a fun week here. There's Look, there's not much left here um, except for maybe tomorrow, Pete. Tomorrow's usually a fun day. Well, tomorrow, well, first, tomorrow's a fun day because I'll, I'll, I'll get the final mock draft out. But yes, tomorrow is should be the day um, where we get the uh, you know we get the the innocuous uh, who who failed the idiot test uh, news, which is you know always fascinating to see who couldn't pass a scheduled drug test um, five months in but, advance. Right, and 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 then we'll, we'll, there will be some guy who got a diluted sample, and people will believe him or not believe him, and I will still be annoyed that they didn't wait 20 minutes or whatever, have him do it again and get a better reading, uh, and they assess a positive test for that like happened with Jabril Peppers. That's bullshit, but yeah, that's what how, how it tends to go. Yeah, guys, uh, and the other thing I will tell you guys as this week goes on, um, look, I mean, listen to everything, but I mean, I don't care if it's Adam Schefter. I don't care if it's Ra- Ian Rappaport. I don't care who it is. Whatever's being put out of this this week, take everything with the giant and most well, giant. Like, right assault. now, you've got Pete Prisco very confidently saying that Arizona's not taking Kyler Murray and his reasons for it, which, by the way, if that's true, is an awful, awful organization. Not that the Bidwells needed any help being awful, but the idea that they basically leaked this idea that they were interested in uh, – uh, Kyler Murray and as a as a test balloon, and based on the feedback they got, that they're basically just saying, "Eh, we're not all that interested." I pray that's not really true, and I hope Prisco is wrong from that standpoint. But if it's true, oof, Arizona fans. Yeah, there's. I mean, look, Arizona. It's you know you've wait, you know here you are, and you know it's it. it it doesn't look pretty to begin with when you uh, are probably going to draft another quarterback after you just drafted a quarterback, after you just hired and fired a head coach after one season. It's, uh, I mean, you want to talk about something that reeks of a shit show. Arizona right now, you're getting a little bit nervous uh, if if that is going to be the case. Um, and you know, there's poor Josh Rosen basically with just his career in limbo right now. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Like I said, guys, we're going to get you a bunch of stuff this week. Pete will get his final mock out for you over at NFL Spin Zone. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you're following him at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, you know, like I said, the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account is always a follow-back account. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. 
Go ahead, throw a follow. Um, just looking forward to this week, guys. It, it, it's always fun, regardless. You know, obviously the party would be a lot more fun if the Browns are still in the first round. Um, but uh, with Odell Beckham Jr., I think that's more than okay. We'll we'll, we'll find our way. We'll make do with that. Um, so this has been the daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Again, uh, Passover, Easter. Hope everybody had a great week of friends and family. And regardless of what you eat, make sure and remember, it's all about uh, Yeah, because there was some shit talking about Jewish food before one of these pods so while, you, while he's trying to stand up for ham he's not he's not a big fan of uh, matzah no I don't like the matzah but I do like the meats the corned beef the pastrami absolutely fantastic yeah those are great you know what those aren't ham <laughs> and this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound uh, LGB on the LOB uh, uh, LGB on the LOB let's go Browns <laughs> dick <laughs> <laughs>